When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And today I'm sharing a recent interview I conducted with filmmaker Kyle Edward Ball, the man behind the viral horror sensation Skinamarink. For those who haven't heard of Skinamarink, the most basic description is to say it's an experimental horror film about two children who wake up to find their father is missing and all of the doors and windows in their house have disappeared. But again, that's just the bare minimum way of explaining the film, as it's one of the most unique and creepy features to be released in quite some time. But believe it or not, the film's content is maybe overshadowed by its crazy journey to get to cinemas. The film debuted at last year's Fantasia Fest and earned immediate acclaim. Not only did it earn acclaim, but Ball's film also landed a coveted distribution deal with Shudder. This is about as good as it gets for a film the director admits is very strange and experimental. Unfortunately, after its deal with Shudder, the film played more festivals where the feature eventually leaked online. That would typically be bad news for a festival film. However, for Skinamarink, it took Ball's relatively unknown but acclaimed experimental horror film and turned it into an overnight viral hit. As horror fans on social media hailed the film as the scariest thing they've ever seen. Not too bad for a 100-minute film that only includes actors in about 10 minutes worth of shots. In our discussion, I get the chance to talk to Ball about his new film and the roller coaster ride he's experienced on its way to getting crowdfunded and chosen to play a prestigious festival, to then getting leaked and potentially ruining his distribution deal. Not only that, we do talk about what makes Skinamarink such a creepy affair to begin with and how an 80s chatterphone toy has become the breakout star of his feature. But before I play my interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Kyle Edward Ball, the filmmaker behind the indie horror hit Skinamarink, which is in theaters now. Enjoy. I want to start by first asking you kind of a silly question. I think people are going to have a hard time pinning down uh, a way to properly describe Skinamarink. So you are the best person to answer this question. So for those who have never heard of this movie, how would you describe Skinamarink? For sure. Um, so it's a traditional horror story told in an experimental way. So uh, the movie's 100 minutes long. And of those 100 minutes, we only see characters on screen for 10 minutes and 15 seconds. And the rest of the movie, we're either seeing the movie through the character's eyes or peeking around corners or hiding in other parts of the house where the characters aren't um, to make it feel strange and surreal. So it's a strange movie, but if you surrender yourself to it, 
um, it, it's definitely a satisfying experience. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said there. I, I am a big horror nerd and I, I loved every second of that hundred minutes. So thank you. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go through a little bit of the process of getting Skin and Rink to where it is today, because I think it's also pretty fascinating. So you crowdfunded this quite a bit after you developed a bit of a following on YouTube through making yeah. these short films you called Nightmares, um, which are also pretty good. Uh, so did you have Skin and Rink in your head from the get-go as like, this is the goal that I'm working towards or uh, uh, while developing all these nightmares, did it just kind of come to you? Yeah, so um, I think every horror director has an idea of what they want to do for a big scary house movie. Um, like Ridley Scott, Alien is kind of, I guess, his interpretation of the big scary house. And so I wanted to do something exploring these themes for a while. And then doing the YouTube series, I had kind of developed my own style and learned what I was good at and learned what I was bad at. And also, um people would comment nightmares they've had so kind of by accident i had, was doing research on what scared people or at least what their subconscious thoughts scared them and after doing that for a while i said okay maybe it's time to start developing a feature so i did a proof of concept short called heck and then after i finished that i said okay now it's time to do a feature a very small feature so we applied for grants we got zero grants and then we said okay let's crowdfund it we were successful at that and then bob's your uncle yeah so so you get this movie you get the funding you make it um it's got i i have to wager the shortest imdb of any film on the planet uh which is pretty great um yeah. and you get chosen for Fantasia Fest, which is great yeah. because that's one of the best genre festivals out there. It's a super huge event. Um, did you feel that it was extra special for you because you have such an avant-garde experimental film and you were chosen for this kind of prestigious event? Yeah, getting so getting into Fantasia for horror filmmakers in Canada is like getting into con. Like it's a it's it's a big deal here. And it was also the night before I got the email from Fantasia, I was incredibly depressed. I felt like I was in this weird space of like, maybe the movie didn't turn out because like the people I've sent it to, like some of them didn't quite like it and uh, like I was getting in my head like oh the ones who did like it are just being nice because they know me or want something out of me and then when I got the like I burst I was it was weird I was crying over the whole thing the night before and then I woke up at 6 a.m and saw the email from Fantasia and I felt like Charlie Bucket getting the golden <laughs> ticket like I was like oh my god I can't well, like it was maybe one of the lowest points in the whole 
production was was the night before I got into Fantasia and then I called my mom and dad when I was walking to work and I'm like mom I got into Fantasia and I had to explain to them what Fantasia was I'm like it's like the Sundance of weird movies <laughs> right <laughs> perfect Cause description like, yeah because they don't they don't have a point of reference for it right so that was that was awesome definitely put a spring in my step and then when me and my producer went to Fantasia, that was an amazing experience too. Like just, it was such a cool festival and seeing it play on a big screen was, was, was awesome. Yeah. So the film gets picked up at Fantasia, you, you earn some acclaim and then you get uh, invited to a number of other festivals and events. Mm -hmm. And through that, somehow uh, your film gets leaked. Yeah, so <laughs> so I would love for you to, to explain what you were feeling at that moment. Yeah, for sure. So right after Fantasia, we had sent the movie to Shutter, and they fell in love with it right away. And then uh, we signed on the dotted line with Shutter, and they were like, "Okay, we'll do it. We'll release it for the coveted Halloween twenty twenty three release spot." Right? We mm -hmm. have two big times at shutter halfway to halloween and halloween we're gonna give your movie halloween it's like awesome right so just sit tight and wait till then right and in the meantime you'll play a bunch of festivals it'll be great we'll sell it at biff on blah 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 so we played at a handful of festivals including one in italy that we won an award at which was amazing and then um we were playing at a European festival that had an online portion and it was leaked within 24 hours of it being on the online festival. And I had a meltdown because I thought it was going like Shutter would find a way out of the deal, which turned out in retrospect, um, like people were saying things to me too like don't tell shutter and so for three weeks i was having basically a meltdown about the whole thing it was right around halloween too so my halloween was out the window which sucked and then uh after about three weeks shutter emailed me and they said okay so we found out about the leak don't worry about it well We've had lots of conversations about it, but none of the conversations were, how do we get out of this deal? So like, don't worry, Kyle, we still love and want to support the movie. Um, and then once that happened, then, then all this stress just exited my body. And then it's been an interesting thing walking because I didn't want the film to be pirated, but when people in Brazil send me fan art of the movie, <laughs> I can't help but feel good about that. Right. So. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's been, it's been a weird ride. Yeah. Cause what happens was, is that the film gets leaked. You're freaking out about it. You had this deal with shutter before it was leaked, yeah. uh, which well I think a lot before, of, like yeah. months before. Yeah. So I think people, people get that wrong because they don't realize that, but what ended up happening is you went viral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and your leaked movie, which you were freaking out about, like became a hit on TikTok and all over Yeah, and people started responding to it. So um, 
what was it like to to then see that aspect of it that was incredible and incredibly humbling too right because to be fair to the people who pirated it like they had probably a rudimentary concept of what goes on in film distribution like even up until that point i didn't know a lot of how film distribution went so a lot of them were under the impression that they were doing me a favor by talking about the movie because they thought oh this he'll get a distribution deal out of it if we promote it right and also because of things other filmmakers had said like harmony korean and a few others who escaped me who have said like oh i'm happy about piracy right i think they were under the impression from that that oh filmmakers don't mind when stuff gets gets pirated right so to be fair to people who pirated it like they like they don't know they're just a lay person who wants to see a scary movie right um but yeah it was it was a weird and it's it's still kind of a weird thing to walk down the middle of because i don't like no filmmaker wants to tisk tisk people who say i love your movie right so at the end of the day i'm just happy people like my movie yeah and so like you were saying you you have this weird position because there's a debate nowadays uh with filmmakers who are purists who love the theatrical release model and then you have some who say streaming is allowing all these indie movies to be seen at such a huge scale and here you are you land this uh theatrical release plan you get your distribution Mm. the dream but then yeah. it gets leaked and then you see the power of streaming. So uh, how do you recommend yeah. that? Are you? Uh... It's still a weird thing to run. And also it's a hard thing because all these streaming services are so wildly different. Like I would say my experience with Shutter has been like almost 100% positive and broadly positive. But I don't know if other streaming services are the same, right? Like I don't know if let's say I had gotten it signed with Netflix, if they wouldn't have been like, no, you're no one to us and ripped up the deal, right? Um, It's also hard for this movie too, because I would say the one theatrical screening I've been to at Fantasia was a very powerful experience, but I've had lots of people who we sent screeners to and they said they watched it in their laptop with headphones and they said it was the scare, most scared they've ever felt. And inverted, like I've seen, we played a festival, another festival in Europe where the reviews from the theatrical experience were terrible. And other people have said, like, I watched this at home and didn't find it scary at all. Right. So I think as with everything in life, it's, it's, it's there's no easy answer to it where it says oh this proves the power of this versus the power of that right particularly because again it's such a weird movie right yeah it is it is uh and i i unfortunately haven't seen it in the theater but the setting i watched it in on my tv in my basement with the lights out it was pretty perfect Yeah, yeah yeah so i can i can speak to that but Let's let's talk about the movie itself a little bit here. Why do you think people are having such a visceral response to your movie? Um, I mean, people are, like you said, calling it the scariest thing they've ever seen. Yeah, um, I think 
people are so used to so horror is the most interesting genre to work in because horror movies have to keep reinventing themselves in a way that I think other genres don't and so when you do a movie that completely subverts people's expectations from such a sincere place which I think is a big thing too is there's so many horror movies that are made so cynically and from day one me my crew everyone involved in the movie our efforts were so sincere right we didn't we I wanted to make something powerful and something different and everyone involved wanted to make something powerful and something different and I think that that alchemy comes out in how people view it right so that's what I, I would say is if you make some if you try to scare someone differently like a bit like just an example people have talked about how like there's this like a big scary part of the movie is just a lot of it's whispered right yeah. which is can be more unnerving than someone screaming right yeah and, and kind of not hearing exactly what they say which yeah you do this really great thing where uh parts of the movie where there there are uh, actors performing vocal work it's it's some of it's hard to hear and then some that's where it's almost unintelligible you do subtitle it uh, yeah. randomly which is kind of a cool concept as well yeah and that was all a lot of it was done that was completely planned like in the script it literally says we we hear them but we can't they're too quiet to understand and then in parentheses titles and then it has their dialogue right that's awesome so yeah uh, people like i said are calling this the scariest movie ever and whenever you're a filmmaker this is your first feature you're coming from kind of this grassroots uh campaign to get it funded and then you have people just anointing it with such high praise this hyperbole almost what does that feel like is that something that then adds a level of concern to you and anxiety you're like oh god i hope people actually do enjoy this yeah but like but it also if they didn't say that i'd feel anxious too i feel anxious crossing the street right so <laughs> um you know I, i'm just happy people like it at the end of the day and people throw around the term scariest movie ever a lot i i like i like to think i made the creepiest movie ever made i i, I think that's a really good descriptor there too um mm -hmm. and and watching this movie it's all about uh it's all about like i hate saying vibe but like mood and style right like it's, yeah like you said they're the people in the movie the actors are, are barely on screen so I, I assume you have some some influences that helped you towards kind of that weird stuff. But I'm curious, what is one filmmaker that's had an influence on your style that people would be like, really? Like that guy? Uh, that, oh, that would like be someone kind of that they wouldn't expect? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Like... Because I think you definitely get those Lynch vibes, right? Like, Yeah, that's, Lynch that's part vibes of and Kubrick vibes. But like there's other stuff too like maybe douglas sirk be so for those who don't know he did like technicolor melodramas uh from the 50s right so all that heaven allows magnificent obsession or 
because he's all he's really about vibes but in a different direction right like technicolor melodrama and even i'll go a step further and say walt disney or just disney broad right particularly old disney because that's all about feelings right like really old disney pinocchio snow White, and even fantasia which is like you could argue the biggest experimental success story ever is all about feelings over story, right? Because the story's powerful, but it's a movie. Like if you want a story, read a book, right? Like it's feelings should come first. I love that. Yeah. So uh, I got to talk to you a little bit about the chatter phone toy. Um, I oh, think, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of the the MVP of your film. If you if you yeah. follow like the viral like what what people talk about the most, which for those that don't know is a is a toy, I guess from the eighties because I had it when I was younger. And, yeah, they discontinued it. I think in the mid nineties. Yeah, and and when you're making this movie, which features a number of toys, um, yeah, were you ever thinking that this the chatter phone would be the the breakout star? No, I was hoping that my first Sony, the little tape recorder, would become a star because I have um, very strong feelings attached to that toy and the chatter phone, I could care less. But <laughs> like very few people have latched on to my the my first Sony. You can even see like there's shots of the movie where I'm like, look, this is the star of the movie, this tape recorder. <laughs> And like, no one seems to care. like, even the dollhouse people have like latched on and put fan theories to, but like, no one cares about my first Sony, which I had to etch the logo out of for reasons. And, or even like, like I, like people grab, I understand a bit more like people talking about the Lego a lot. Cause it's just so prominent. Right. I figured people would like, even like, there's one part in the movie of the chatter phone that isn't even featured in the original script. It was just, I repurposed a shot, which like people have talked about a lot. Like that, that is one of the parts of the original script. That was something completely different in the movie, but yeah, it's cool seeing the chatter phone get a second success coming off of toy story too. Like it's, <laughs> It's now a a major part of two movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for very different reasons. Um, yeah. What? So I I another thing I'm watching this movie and I, it's such a singular vision and it follows so closely to well, not so closely but it follows in in style with what you did on YouTube. So I'm curious what's next for you, because I saw on your your channel, you said you would hopefully go back to making shorts. But now you've had kind of this runaway success with uh, with an experimental horror film on a major scale. Are you mm -hmm. are you looking for another feature or or so yeah. what's next? So I've been in fairly substantial talks with a production company that I can't name. But if I said the name, you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and so and they're a perfect company too because they're goldilocks like they're not as big as like like um they're not like a24 but they're not a company no one's ever heard of either they're this perfect middle ground 
and I've had lots of meetings. It's called the Water Brottle Tour. So meeting all these different production companies, and now it's called the Zoom Tour. But um, and most of the meetings have been great, but they've been maybe a half hour. And this one company, when so first of all, when they reached out to me, I was like, oh, this was like this is the company I want, right? Like oh, like before Skin and Marine, before Hack that like this is the dream company and when i had my first zoom meeting with one of them at the company it went for like an hour and a half like we just hit it off right so i'm gonna do my next feature with them um i had a few ideas but i fell out of love with them so i'm working on another one that i haven't told anyone about and i'm gonna keep close until i'm ready to show others and then as far as the channel, I don't like, I would like to keep doing the, my nightmare videos, but I just don't know if I have the time. Like even when I was just doing pre-production on Skinamarink, I didn't have any time to do my nightmare videos, which is a shame because I found them incredibly rewarding. And like even when I didn't have that many subscribers, it was just so rewarding doing a nightmare video and having the person who commented the original nightmare respond and say, oh, I love this. Thank you so much. But I just don't know if I have time to do it anymore. I would like to do them once in a while, though. Like, it right. would be a nice cleanser, right? So I don't yeah. know. So I, I'm not going to ask you any any details, but can you at least say if it's going to be your new feature will be in the kind of experimental tone or are you going more? Yeah, yeah, narrative? it'll definitely okay. be horror and it'll definitely be experimental and it'll definitely be lo-fi. Cool. Well, I think I think lo-fi goes without saying if you've seen yeah. any of your work. Like <laughs> that's just that's but just part of it. It might be a different. It might be a different lo-fi. Maybe I'm gonna do. I still haven't decided what lo-fi I'm gonna do. Like maybe okay. I'll do the '60s, '70s again, or maybe I'll do 1940s, '50s Technicolor. Like I don't know what what yeah. what look how low the fi is going to be. <laughs> I love that how low the fi is going to be. Um, yeah. And before I let you go, I'm curious also with uh, with a filmmaker like yourself who, um, you know, you you love this experimental avant-garde storytelling. You're you, again, you're you're over feeling over story. What would be kind of the pinnacle for you? Or obviously this isn't you're not searching that Marvel movie out. Right. You don't need a two hundred no. million dollar budget. But is this kind of the 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 status where you would like to just keep making your movies and, and the yeah. way you want to? Like, I think for my next one, maybe maybe we'll do like it a little bit bigger and get a few million to make it but i don't want to go light years beyond that and just looking at the history of filmmakers like me who they did they did one crazy movie and then hollywood came knocking and then they did a overproduced movie where they sold their soul that people forgot about like i, I don't want to do that path i want to do i want to do the panos cosmatos path there you right? go like where like he found someone and then he he did something cool or like the the jane schroburn even though jane's other movie hasn't come out yet like it sounds like they they stayed true to themselves right with their follow-up so i want i want to do that
Great. So uh, I got to wrap up, but I want to thank you so much for for talking about this. It's a kind of a wild ride for your first movie. I I can't imagine Absolutely. what it's like to be on that side experiencing all the ups and downs. But thank yeah, you. Yeah, and it's me. also scary because like now, like sometimes it feels like oh, the only way to go is down from here. <laughs> like I don't know, but yeah. I don't know. I, I I think you've experienced a lifetime of uh, creative ups and downs in the process of making this movie from no yeah. budget to huge success to leaks to yeah. major distribution. I mean, it, it's it's kind of an incredible story. So, yeah. But uh, but yeah, thank you so much, uh, Kyle. And uh, Skin and Rink's coming to Shutter eventually. But first, you can see it in theaters. And I do highly recommend seeing it in theaters. I'm probably going to yeah. check it out myself in theaters as well. So, okay. well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.